0: Oh no. Figurehead Joe got the row. (laughs) Oh, it's not a rerun. No, he got it again.
1: The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere.
0: Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Make sure you use the .us. It's bonefrog.us, or you get 5% off lifetime subscription to the uh, the coffee we use on the program. A friend Zach Abraham, Buller Capital Management, has made it the official coffee within his organization, bonefrog.us every package says the phrase god country team on it because that's the way they live yeah joe got the row uh again <laughs> honestly would it be helpful for everybody if i went back through all the sound all the sound bites i have i've got thousands it's very simple if you if you take these injections you don't get the row Look at me, I'm Joe, I know, you don't get the row. And we can go back through the mockingbirds um, on one after another, experts say the vaccines are safe and effective. The FDA has gone through the full approval process for the safe and effective vaccines, but they didn't take eight years to do it, and they didn't test it on pregnant women, and they didn't look at long-term effects, and Pfizer lied about the size of the samples, and they uh, they did away with the control group because Pfizer made those drugs available to people, and they lied about the number of people who died, etc., ad nauseum, but the FDA has now fully approved the safe and effective Vaccine. Joe got the row last week or two weeks ago. Then he went into hiding. And then Joe came out because Joe didn't have the row no more. (laughs) And then Joe got the row, don't you know, from a hoe hunter knows. That was awful. Sometimes I slip back into being an unsaved man. That was just awful. That was a horrible thing to say. I mean, it's it's a horrible thing. I apologize. Show deserves better. Lord, please forgive me. Sometimes <clears throat> my fleshly frustration gets the best of me. Lord, I apologize. Apologize to the podcast family. I can't bring myself to honestly apologize to Joe for getting the row again. But I will pray about it because I need to be able to apologize for such things. But it is funny. (laughs) And that's why I'm apologizing. Things like that shouldn't strike me as so funny. The theme of the show is if you want more of something, you want something, pay for it. One of the things that Rush used to say that would drive the liberals crazy, God rest Rush, is, you know, if you people want more dolphins, start eating them. I'm I'm serious. If you eat dolphins, there'll be a a bigger supply of dolphins. Used to drive people crazy. You want more Roe? Pay people to find the row. In here is a solution. Stares us in the face. Why does the CDC have money? Why? Why does any government agency have money every year? Why? Do you know what um, zero line budgeting is? Just every year your budget starts at zero. You go make an argument to have any money. Well, that would make it very difficult for us to plan long term because when you're looking at planning uh, a hoax response to a virus you invented in a Chinese lab uh, with the Chinese Communist Party, you need a, a good uh, a ten to fifteen years to work with Bill Gates uh, to create the the decade of the vaccine. If if I had to if I had to do baseline budgeting, a zero line baseline budget every year, I I wouldn't be able to plan uh, 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 to do things like that. Yes. Tony, yes. Smart man when you want to be, yes. Every single agency, every two years. Why do you need any money? What are you doing with it? Every single dollar accounted for in front of the American people. Because they decided they wanted the row, so they went out to get the row. Later this week, we're going to talk to people who can show you about the money. I'm going to talk to a a new friend of mine. She survived an abortion. Want more abortions? Pay for them. I cannot wait to ask her because I didn't when we talked earlier about where she was, what it was like when she learned that Roe versus Wade was overturned. I told her, I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to ask you on the program. I want to hear you respond to that for the first time. I want to be there with you when you respond to that. So I want i want my audience to hear it for the first time. So I'll ask her this. They wanted more abortions, so they pay for them. So they use their tax money to get more of them because they want more of them. They want more of the row. They go out and use their tax monies to find more of the row. We're scheduled to talk later this week with, with Professor William Jacobson. It's been a while since I've talked to the professor. He is the entrepreneur who began Legal Insurrection. He is a lawyer. They tried to cancel him, they haven't yet gotten him canceled. They tried to kick him out of his teaching position as a professor. They didn't quite get that done. Professor Jacobson is one of the gifts to the conservative movement. He's going to talk about the exchange of information and demands, the government demanding that social media companies ban people because they want more Roe. Because they want more people getting injected. And so they're willing to do whatever it takes to stop people from having choices. Like Lizzie Warren wanting to do away with pregnancy centers, deeming them a danger to society. So we'll talk with my friend Gianna Jessen about that, who survived an abortion. We'll talk with, uh, with William J- Jacobson, Professor Jacobson, whom I know I'd be glad to call a friend. I just, I feel, uh, I, I find him a little imposing, honestly, intellectually imposing. He's wonderfully, wonderfully happy and nice man. And, and he's going to talk about the legal implications of these cases, showing that the federal government did, in fact, cooperate. And, no, they didn't cooperate. They ordered social media companies to do something, and they did it. And like we talked about last hour, this is a huge open door. Republicans need to say, okay, so you're taking orders from the federal government. You now work for us. We want every every email, every email from your company. Don't come to us with this private company stuff. Senator Ron Johnson is a doctor. He is, I think, truly becoming what I call true woke. True woke is, I think he sees the massive lies. I think he sees, and he is, I, I would guess that uh, Senator Johnson sees much more than, than he's willing to show. Because in position as a Senator, I think he worries about being a US Senator coming out and saying, oh my gosh, we have traitors in this, in this government. But we have traitors in this government. Senator Johnson is actually flat out calling for whistleblowers.
1: If, if you are a whistleblower in the Department of Justice, the FBI, please come forward. If you want to restore integrity and credibility to your agencies, come forward and tell Congress and so the American people understand the truth. I would also make that appeal to people working in our federal health agencies. Our response to COVID has been a miserable failure, largely because our health agency has not been transparent. I've written 43 oversight letters to the agencies where I've gotten responses. They're non-responsive responses. Generally, I don't even get answers. This lack of transparency must end. We must restore congressional oversight, because the American people deserve the truth. You know, every one of these confirmed secretaries or, or agency heads come before Congress, they raise their hand and they, they swear that they will comply with legitimate congressional oversight, and then they don't. This has to end. The American people deserve transparency. They deserve honesty. They deserve the truth. Didn't we just talk about this last hour? I hope you heard the
0: last hour's podcast on if President Trump and Ron DeSantis uh, and or DeSantis get into the White House. That they need to regain and redefine for people. Remember, have to cause people to remember what it means to have oversight That when they get to question these bureaucrats, they immediately begin each questioning session by having these bureaucrats admit or refuse to admit that Congress is the superior body when you're bringing in a bureaucrat. They need to do this. And Senator Johnson calling out for whistleblowers is fantastic, particularly since he recognizes that it has to be within the medical community. We're finding out so much and and not a day goes by that there's not more news on the COVID front. Fauci got COVID and then he rebounded. They both have the same ridiculous pill that Big Pharma created that is as just as ineffective as the injections. I don't know that it will ever be as dangerous and as deadly as the injections, but but what is? That comes out. We come up with this. Five physicians. Five physicians under the age of 50, or four of them under the age of 50 died in one city, Toronto, Canada. All of them were health fanatics. One of them, and this is happening all the time to triathletes, that they're dropping dead or they're having heart attacks. This is in one city. Why would that happen? Because they got the same batch of the mRNA trash is my guess. That happens. Then there's, this is just Utterly remarkable. (laughs) I will read this to you and then I will just ask you to make your own judgment and go read the research on your own. Dr. Philip Van Welbergen, one of the original experts to find damage from the blood due to the Wuhan coronavirus, so-called vaccine found that so-called unvaccinated individuals have graphene and self-assembling nanoparticles in their blood, a manifestation of shedding from those who took the shots. Now that stuff there, that's the stuff where it starts to edge into, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, no chance our government put self-assembling graphene and nanoparticles in their blood. Really? Really? A year ago, if you'd said to me this, I would have said, "Oh, you know what? Sounds like the Matrix." When I look at the lies they've told here, they lied about the deaths. They lied about testing it on pregnancy on pregnant people, pregnant people, pregnant women. They lied about they, they they illegally gave it to babies. They lied about the number of people who died. They lied about how long the uh, the spike proteins stay in the body. They lied about where the spike proteins reside. They lied about the number of spike proteins. They lied about the brain-body barrier. They lied about testing long-term effects. They lied about it's writing itself into your DNA, as was proven at least in the case of one of these injections. And they're structured in the same way. Why would it not be true in the other? They lied about that. The media won't cover anything related to these insane blood clots we're finding. And we're looking at those blood clots and doctors and others and, 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 and people were in funeral homes are saying, we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen half foot long blood clots in people. This is brand new. What does it say again? Self-assembling nanoparticles in their blood. Van Welbergen is a specialist in biomedicine who deals with chronic cases. His postgraduate work in women's health and pharmacology, biopharmacology, advanced pain management, and aesthetics management. And I know, I know, people I truly admire like Alex Berenson will look at something like this and say, Nonsense, 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 con- uh, conspiracy theory. And yet, Alex reports their lies every day. And they lie about everything. He was on the program with Dr. Jane Judy, pointed out there's two main ways the injections, uh, whatever is in them, can be transferred to another person who's not vaccinated. This could be through inhalation or skin-to-skin contact. Van Welberger said that looking at the pure blood smears which he took straight from an individual to the microscope, he noticed that the unstained blood started picking up unusual tiny structures that he's never seen before. Now, you'll take something like this that is truly an edge report and categorize it as, I cannot fathom that. But then regard the VARS data. And five dead physicians. And children having heart attacks. And infants having heart attacks. And teens having strokes. <laughs> Regard the articles from Europe. Or, no, it's from Canada. Blaming the heat for a bunch of people dropping dead with myocarditis and pericarditis related you know, heart failure. The heat. For the first time in our lives, heat causes myocarditis and pericarditis. And you go back to an article like that, which sounds like an edge case, and ask yourself again, what exactly would they not do? They paid for COVID. Dr. Peter McCullough and others have been very clear about this. It's not not hard to find. Senator Johnson needs to ask, why did you pay hospitals to put people on respirators? Why did you do that? He's a doctor. Respirators have been contraindicated here. They killed people. Why did you pay hospitals to ventilate people? Not respirators, ventilate. Why did you pay hospitals to ventilate people? Why? Why? Did you demand this run death is near drug? Why was that paid for? Why did you pay hospitals to find anything that resembled the COVID case? Why did you allow the PCR test to be run at anything but 20 cycles or 25? Why did you do that? Why did you not apply a national standard? Why did you create a financial structure that would clearly incentivize people to find false positives and call them COVID cases? Why did you do that? Why did you pay hospitals to send people home and get them sicker? Well, they didn't do that. There's nothing in the uh, CDC spend that said the hospitals got paid money for sending people home. No, you're right. It wasn't a line item. But if you're looking to get paid to ventilate a person, you tell them to go home and get sicker. They paid for this. So you go back to an edge case. Wait a minute. You're saying that they put self-assembling nanoparticles into people. They would never do that. Why? Well, it would get found out. How? We can talk. I could, do, I could do a week of shows talking to people who've been injured by the injections. I could do a week of shows talking to people who've had family members die because of the injections. We could do a month of shows talking with people who are injured right now by the injections. We can go through the cases in Turkey where people are getting diabetes from this. Why Turkey? Because we don't report it in the United States. Oh, but they'd never inject, um, they'd never inject self-assembling nano nanoparticles. Why? Why wouldn't they? Well, the media would report it. No, they won't. The media is paid to not report this. Now, not directly, but it's self-evident that Big Pharma owns traditional media. Absolutely self-evident. They paid for COVID. They wrote checks. Lord Jesus talks a lot about money, a lot about stewarding it. He talks a lot about not abusing it. He talks a lot about not abusing power, not picking winners and losers, and he warns people like this. Everything hidden will become known. Everything, every payment, Tony, every lie, every kid you killed, every elderly adult you murdered, this you, God has kept track. We're all going to know. All of us will get to see Tony. And that's, that's the good news in all of this. So of course they paid for COVID. Joe Rogan had Peter McCullough on, which was the episode that push Spotify to actually consider, well, and they do. They What they do with Rogan's show is they disappear episodes from time to time when it's just too much for someone at Spotify to handle. But this was the episode that put Rogan on the map and every leftist, every party member in the world wanted Rogan taken down. Everybody said Rogan was a danger. Everybody, everybody said Rogan lied when he said he took ivermectin. They all, CNN did big specials about podcaster and shock jock. Joe Rogan says he took horse paste. That was this interview with McCullough talking
2: about these finances. i hospitalist, I'm not a hospital administrator. But the, the numbers are quite large. There's something like a $3,000 basically death benefit to a hospital if it can be claimed to be COVID. There's a financial incentive to call somebody COVID positive. The CDC made a determination in year one, this is why all of our baseline data is junk.
3: What is the financial incentive to say that they're COVID positive? The, That's why the PCR cycles are ramped up so high. I, the,
2: I, I, again, knows? you're asking causation. Right. I, I can tell you that the hospitals receive a bonus from the government. I think it's like three thousand bucks if someone is hospitalized and able to be declared COVID positive. They also receive a bonus. I think the total is something like thirty thousand in incentive. If somebody gets put on the vent, then they get a bonus. If somebody is declared dead with COVID, COVID, there's your money chain. There's a solution in this.
0: It's a godly solution. Don't live in debt. Reel your money in steward it. That's God's money. The government has they're stewarding it. They're not doing it in a godly way. They're not, they're, they're not demanding wise usage of the money. So you go to baseline budgeting, zero out each budget, make it a zero line budget, baseline every two years. And every two years you come in and answer the question, what is your mission? You bring in the CDC director. Hi, what is the mission of the CDC? Uh, We're a diverse agency. Uh, Our mission ranges from uh, tracking um, infectious diseases across the world to uh, helping um, solve mental health issues, uh, working, uh, okay, stop, stop. You're talking about things you like doing. What is your mission? I want a seven word mission from you. If you want me to vote for your money, I want a seven word mission. Oh, that's impossible. <laughs> it's not. When I got the uh, the privilege of being a boss at Microsoft, every time we sat down, which was every year to ask for money every year, my team created a seven word mission. Let's see if I can remember any. Media experiences team. Make watching TV on computers preferable to TV. Make watching TV on computers preferable to TV. That was it. That was our job. Uh, this is going to be really cool. When young Alan from Allen's Artisan Soaps gets his shirt, he's getting the Todd Herman Show shirt. He says he wants to post it on social media. I can't wait for this. I am so tempted. In fact, I think I should do this. I think I should talk to Allen's family and my friend, Jiu-Jitsu Weasel. Jiu-Jitsu Weasel is a black belt in, uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, hence jujitsu Weasel. Law enforcement officer, veteran, armed forces, uh, former pastor, social worker. He's a Renaissance man. And he's the guy who sent this note about Alan's soap saying Todd always calls them flavors and accidentally ate one. And I showed you the note on social media of young Alan from Alan's Artisan soaps who sent the weasel a note saying, don't eat soap. And I sent that to to the weasel. He said, wise advice. I'll take it under consideration. Um, See, he put, he put up pictures of Alan's soap. Alan now wants to wear the Todd Herman show shirt. I got to get a photo session with these guys. I have to do this. Because they're busy inventing all these new, don't say flavors, don't say flavors, don't say flavors. Sense of soap. I continue to have my favorite is the cedarwood jasmine. It's I, I, I can't come off of it. I tried this weekend. Now I have a second time, I have a second place. This happened this weekend. Vanilla lime is now my second place. In terms of the sense of soaps, and every time I use them, I'm reminded of the mission of this company. Every life matters. Alan's life is one of those lives that would have been discounted because he's so high up on the autism scale. But when you see the picture of him in the Todd Herman Show shirts, you 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 tell me his life doesn't matter. Look at what he's done in terms of creating new new. I almost said it again. Flavors of soap, sense of soap, works there every single day. So I got to figure out how to get the weasel and young Alan together. Maybe, I don't know, Alan swims. I don't know. Maybe he could do like a water version of jujitsu. He's got a lot of um, structural health problems too, or I should say challenges. If you are sick of companies saying not all lives matter, if you're sick of companies that, that are paying for abortions, but but not adoptions, Spend your money, clean your body with great soap, made in America, three generations of soap making expertise and a company that's proving to everyone else, yes, even young people like Alan can be valuable. And in the case of Alan, irreplaceable. It's his olfactory senses that make these soaps so remarkable and the sensitivity of the skin that make them such great soaps. Get your own. Go to allensoapscom slash Todd. When you go to that place, that website, alans.com slash Todd, you get 10% off everything. alansoaps.com slash Todd. The other cost in this, the other thing they paid for, and I don't think we can avoid Well, demanding that we start tracking the money between government and social media. There are a gajillion ways to hide money. When you're dealing with the sort of money that the government has, there's uh, there's thousands of ways to hide it. You can launder it through non-governmental, through NGOs. You can launder it through partners like pharma. You can say to pharma, for instance, hey, we can't directly pay Twitter to censor people, but you can. You just tell them, hey, we are going to have a meeting and here's what it's going to be. It's going to be, we're going to bring in some health officials and we're going to bring in Pfizer officials, government health officials, Pfizer officials. We're going to have a meeting and it's a no notebook meeting. We did these in, in DC sometimes, no notebooks. In fact, in fact, when we were planning our final midterm um, strategy, in winning that election in the midterm, we had a, even employees, we all had to wear our employee badge on, around our necks. We all had to verify that when we came in for the briefing, we weren't bringing in pencils or pens. Our smartphones stayed outside because we wanted to protect that. There's other sorts of meetings where you don't want it to get out because you're planning skullduggery. So the way they would do this in DC is they'd get the, hey, we're going to bring in someone from the CDC or the FDA and they're going to talk a little bit. And they do their presentation, Pfizer does theirs. And then you get the three principals in the room together. And you say, hey, we can't have people trashing this drug. Okay, if we're going to spend this money with you, we can't have you trashing this drug. And in the case of all this mobbed up stuff, it goes a level higher. This is why it's so disconcerting that, that BlackRock and Vanguard are at the top of this stuff in terms of owning shares of all these companies. You don't think they want to coordinate between their companies? Of course they do. You don't think that Vanguard or, or, or more likely BlackRock goes to the social media companies and says, hey, you need to wash the hands of some of our partner uh, investment companies. We're big time into pharma. We can't have it getting trashed on our platform. We own part of you, Twitter. You're going to support the message, and it has cost people dearly. In this case, it's a doctor named Mary... Holly Bowden MD all she did was doctor all she did was use her her intelligence guided by experience sound familiar to deliver the care as she saw fit and for that she was defamed by her former employer she has launched a 25 million dollar lawsuit go ahead Mary
4: So eight months ago, I received probably one of the most startling text messages I have ever received in my life. I looked down, and it was a Friday afternoon, and it was a reporter from the Houston Chronicle asking me to confirm, is it true that your privileges have been suspended from Houston Methodist? And I I did a double take, and I argued back, and I said, no, no, what are you talking about? Who told you that? And I learned that the hospital had told them that. The hospital had gone to the Houston Chronicle to let them know uh, that they were taking disciplinary action against me. Uh, I would not get the courtesy of any kind of phone call or uh, anything like that. And uh, I did check my email, and there was a suspension letter waiting for me in my email. Um, I then was informed that there were some interesting tweets going out and check Twitter and there were um, a series of, a thread of tweets um, from Methodist Hospital, publicly attacking me and implying that I'm dangerous. Um, And, you know, this is something that, for a doctor to be called dangerous is not something you can easily recover from.
0: What else did they do to her? Well, let's review. Did they bring her into HR and say, hey, uh, Dr. Bowden, we're going to have to let you go? No. Did they send her a letter at home or call her? Nope. They gave it to a reporter. Why? Well, because they want to hurt her. Why else would you do it that way? They want to hurt her. Why? Because they're being paid to hurt you. Because they're being paid. They're being paid to find COVID, where none exists. What's she? How much money can she bring in as a great doctor? I mean, what, what, how much revenue does she bring? in? Let's say that she's paid. Say she makes half a million a year. So to carry something like that she probably produces 5 million in revenue for the hospital, 5 maybe 10 million maybe probably more like 5 10 times her salary. Huh. Pfizer can hand out 5 million dollars accidentally. They could forget where they put 5 million and not care. Except it's our money. You were forced to give it to them. For a drug that is useless, harmful, and all too often deadly. And the curtain's being revealed. It's being opened. And they can't hide these things. And God is watching. But what else did they do to her? And why tell this tale now? Because she's standing up. Oh, and guys, there's incredibly good news about people standing up for truth. This comes out of England. We'll talk about that. I'll give you an example of an actor who stood up and stands up. People are standing up people are going to stand up but there's a danger in this if you want president trump to be president because they're starting now fda employees are starting to say something i've been predicting for a very long time I went hiking over the weekend uh, with my friend tom and it was a pretty good hike it was, um, we went, I think a total of 3.7 miles, maybe 3.9 up and back, but it was steep. Uh, I went and did the math on this and, and what were we at? Like a 17% grade, is that right? Uh, it was pretty steep and it was a loose shale. And we got, it was hot. It's been really hot in Idaho. I think it was 100 degrees, 101, I think, when we started the climb. And I think we got up in about an hour and five minutes. Tom's a really good hiker. He he used those posts and stuff. I chose to wear a backpack with 65 pounds on it. And rethinking it, (laughs) maybe not next time. I'd actually thought about trying to wear 95. Now, eventually, I'd like to work up to that, honestly. To take a 100-pound pack up, something like that. It became sort of tedious at the top because it was even steeper. There's a point where it's, it's almost technical when you're wearing a pack like that. This reminded me of something. I can remember weighing 150 more pounds and looking at a hill like that and going, I can't climb that. As much as I want to, I can't. Now, when I mention that, do you ever have that experience? Do you ever pull up at the lake and go, oh man, I remember water skiing? I, guys, I remember when the goat boat couldn't pull me out of the water. That was, that so happened. I was at my, uh, my grandpa's place in Twin Lakes, Idaho, and everyone else was skiing. <laughs> and I got into the water and I was going to do a water start, and my uncle, the boat wouldn't do it. I mean, I was, 350 and then some I was like 370 honestly and so one of my uncles said do a dock start I'm like yeah that's a good idea 370 pound guy doing a dock start yeah that's a great idea because I can probably jump almost an eighth of an inch <laughs> that's my vertical leap with skis on I was in the gym all the time and I was strong as a bull but Climbing a hill like that? Now, I said to my friend Tom, hey, next time I should try this without the pack. He goes, man, you'd run up that hill. I might. There is the virtual weighing down of the unwanted fat in your body. Then there's the very real weighing down of the unwanted fat in your body. How about the next time you drive up to the lake and you see the ski boat, you go, I'm getting in, doing it. Soda weight loss will help you. They're healthcare healthcare providers from way back. Their success is courtesy of God and hand-built because they listen. They read every review. It's almost 7,000 reviews, average 4.8 stars. My wife is on the program. I have a loved one, relative, who is having great, great, great success with the program. So many listeners So you're really just rejoining the family, something we're all doing together. It's SOTAweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art, SOTAweightloss.com. So what else did they do to this woman, Dr. Bowden?
4: The media went wild. The story went global. Um, I was paralyzed, I had no idea what to do. I'm a doctor, I don't know how to handle this sort of situation. Thankfully, I had a lot of uh, people advising me, and I was fortunate to get the help of Wayne and um, an attorney uh, to guide me forward. But this should not happen to a physician. I am merely trying to help my patients. I mean, that's all I've been trying to do from the start. I've been open seven days a week since this pandemic started. I have gone above and beyond. I have helped people when uh, their primary care doctors are telling them there's nothing you can do. I have put my own life in danger, um, and all I've tried to do is help people. Uh, And for this, Houston Methodist goes to the sewer of social media and just, viciously attacks me, smears my name. I'm um, not sure my wife will ever be the same.
0: Social media, that's the next stop. Why? Well, because of course, Twitter's going to be very, very helpful in spreading information about her, aren't they? But they're not going to be helpful in allowing her to spread this. I got this audio from her press conference on Twitter the day that Twitter disappeared it. I saw it come up, I bookmarked it, I went to the gym, I came back and I grabbed it because I knew they're not going to let this sit there. Why? Because they're paid to not let this sit there. This is paying for something you want to see. I want more burglaries. I'll pay for more burglaries. I want more abortions. I'll pay for more abortions. Zero line baseline budgeting. Every two years you come in and you explain why we should give you dime one, starting with what's your seven word mission. If you can't say your mission in seven to 10 words, you don't have a mission. You have a series of things you'd like to talk about. And if your agency is so big that you can't have a seven word mission, you don't have an agency. You have a country, which is what the CDC has. And there's so much to clean up in this. It is an obscenity that someone somewhere doesn't look over this to say, you are actually actually creating the very definition of perverse incentives. This is why you go back to the budget. You own them at the budgetary level. She continued to talk about what happened to her. I'm
4: doing this to hold Methodists accountable, because this should not be happening. I am I'm being punished for seeing, speaking about what I am seeing firsthand. I mean, I am seeing all this firsthand, and I have now treated over 4,000 COVID patients, and every single one of them that has received early treatment has stayed out of the hospital and survived. And no one has had any adverse repercussions from my treatment. But Methodist has made it appear that I am potentially dangerous um, and need to be silenced. And that is wrong. And I want to clear my name and hold them accountable.
0: $25 million is not enough. And it shouldn't come from Methodist, the organization, alone. Every single executive who agreed to this should should be sued. There's something in the law called the, in corporate governance, called a corporate veil. When you have the corporate veil in place, you can sue the entity, but not the people. Now you can sue directors and officers more easily than you can can sue functionaries. It's very, very difficult to get to a functionary because they can say, oh, I was just taking orders. And that's an old excuse, isn't it? We've heard that somewhere before, haven't we? I was just taking orders. If we can pierce the corporate veil, we should take a shot at this. And in fact, when you're getting to situations like this, a good, godly, limited government Congress should look very, very hard at the corporate veil. Now, that would be terribly controversial because the Chamber of Commerce writes a lot of checks for shiny shoes. The CEO roundtable writes a lot of checks for shiny shoes. They loved COVID. They loved the lockdowns. They loved the COVID restrictions because they got to start side businesses teaching people how to live within the restrictions. The lawyers loved it. The consultants loved it. McKinsey loved it. They all loved it. Microsoft loved it. Amazon loved it. They all made made billions and billions of dollars on this along with pharma in this orgy of lies. And if we ever elect godly people, they could say, yeah, you know that corporate veil thing? You maliciously fired a lady, not Methodist Hospital, Methodist Hospital's a building. You fired her. You defamed her. You pay. I'd have to sell my house. Yes, you would have to sell your house. She's a doctor deemed dangerous. How does that work in getting work what hospital hires someone who says, oh, well, your last employer says you're dangerous. Well, they're liars. Well, we can't have you here when it says you're dangerous. She may have to sell her house. The Bible is super clear on something, and that is the, the the tipping of the scales. You do not get to pick winners and losers. As a boss, as well, as, a, as someone who has servants. You're not to tip your scales. You're not to teach your. You're not to. Uh, in the days when slavery was common, and in countries like <laughs> the Middle East, it still is, and in Africa, and in China, biblically, you're not to treat your slave differently than yourself. And yet, here they are. I. Just love to see the actual ability to pierce the corporate veil to say no. You, you signed the papers. You said to attack her. Well, we were, we were taking suggestions from the CDC. You work for the government, then we're going to treat you like it. Now you're ours. Choose. You're a private. You're a private hospital Methodist doing your thing, or you work for the government. Choose. Well, we just did what the government told us to do. Was it a law? Oh, and there is good news. Oh, my goodness, is there good news? <laughs> when people stand up. You talk about a perverse medical structure. The transing of kids is an atrocity, and, and it will be proven. We will live through the day, God willing, where we will see people held to account for this. There is yet to come the full Repercussions of a generation of kids who've had orgasms stolen from them, who've had pregnancies stolen, who've been made 10 IQ points lesser in terms of their intellect, who have been given bone problems and cancer problems and heart problems and will spend the rest of their lives in surgery. We've yet to know what the female body does in mass when it spends its life being shot up with testosterone. We have yet to know what happens to a baby gestated in the body of a woman who has been shot filled with testosterone and other drugs to create the illusion of her being a man. We have yet to know any of this. It's the same thing. They wanted this. They bought it. They pushed it in the same way with the same entities. The same media ignores it. The same corruption and the same attack on a body, God, loves an immune system god created and loves and they attack it the different sexes god created and loves they attack it but then there's this the national institute of our national health service in in britain is shutting down the premier gender jacking chemically and surgically castrating facility in all of Europe. The Tavistock center is being scuttled. Why? Because a review found it failed vulnerable children. Why? Because it trans them and it ruined their bodies. Because embraced a mental illness and celebrated it. Why? Because it was money. Because pharma wanted it. They bought it. The truth is being seen. Now, this is in a relatively godless country. Information became power. And thousands and tens of thousands of children will be saved from this. The Tavistock Center was where it went from 10 kids per year with gender dysphoria to 10,000. It went from one or two kids being given these wrong sex hormones to thousands and thousands. There is a gender clinic in your town. If there isn't, you are lucky. There's one in a town near you. Google it. Gender clinic. Used to be about 20 in the United States. Now there's about 200, maybe 300. You'll notice that your local media is not going to report on this. They can't. They're owned. But this is such fantastic news. And on the topic of COVID, would you take an opportunity to thank with me a gentleman named Clifton Duncan He calls himself a doctrinaire liberal. I'm sure he is. He is someone who was trained as an actor. And I know nothing about his views beyond COVID, but I want to pray for him. I want to pray that his bravery is rewarded, that God looks favorably upon this and that God would call this man to himself. This is only part of a speech he gave. It's about seven minutes long. If you want to feel, uh, you want to have hope for good people fighting back, And pray for a man who fundamentally, I think, needs our prayer. I think he has a calling. But he doesn't feel he has very many marketable skills because he was an actor his whole life. And this is the classic case of a guy who pulled himself up. Now, he was helped by God. I don't know that Clifton knows that yet. I don't think he knows yet that God put him in this position to stand up for all of us. He said goodbye to a career he loved because he would not take the knee. His entire speech
3: is beautiful. Here's part of it. I am bringing up these achievements. Um, To do so is actually a source of great pain and resentment for me right now. Um, Because it reminds me of a life that I've spent the past two years trying desperately to forget. I've been trying to forget it because the contrast between what my life was and what it is now, to be completely candid, Uh, often drives me to despair. So now I'm staring down the barrel of uh, 40 years of age. I no longer reside in the city formerly known as New York, a place I called home for a decade and a half. I wait tables for a living, something I hadn't had to do since I was 22 years old. I no longer have a powerful manager sending me auditions for lucrative, high-profile, life-changing projects, and I no longer have the prospect of earning a five-figure weekly salary working in TV or on Broadway. And so now the prospect of paying off all those NYU loans, uh, maybe even starting a family, have become even more distant dreams. I'm now shut out of the entertainment industry. I have few marketable skills because I never needed them. The few skills I did work on centered around acting and singing skills which are highly valued in New York and Los Angeles, but which, as you might imagine, have very little value outside of the arts and entertainment sector. I feel as though I'm starting over from scratch and must learn things that most adults my age, many of whom have families and other weighty responsibilities, have mastered. And so you may be asking yourself, well, what the hell happened? Why have I gone from having a billboard with my likeness on it in the middle of Times Square, winning standout notices in the New York Times and guest starring on network television to where I am now? Well, it's quite simple. I refuse to allow any employer or by extension the government, to act as my health care provider and to dictate what I inject into my body. I refuse to be bullied or coerced or shamed into taking a medical product that I neither want nor need. I've been extraordinarily vocal in my opposition to what I view as grotesque and egregious state overreach into private affairs and personal freedoms. Indeed, even if things were to magically return to normal tomorrow, I'm greatly disturbed by the precedent which has been set, wherein government officials and bureaucrats can take it upon themselves to determine who is essential and who is not, to decide who gets to operate their business and who does not, and in some cases decide who's allowed to travel and who is not. I mean, we're still winning tennis tournaments, so, you know, what are you gonna do about that? Now, part of the mission of the Mises Institute is to promote individual freedom. As an actor, I was trained to be a conduit and a vessel for both the splendor and the tragedy of the human condition. And as such, I'm also a staunch advocate for the freedom of expression and a firm believer in and champion of the irrepressible fire and vitality of the human spirit. As an artist, while I can appreciate form and structure, I also value nonconformity especially when it challenges an increasingly square and constrictive status quo. And so, although I've paid a price, I'll never regret standing up to, and forcefully saying no to a repressive, nonsensical, unethical, and ultimately unnecessary encroachment on our freedoms. I'll always enjoy denouncing short-sighted, inept, or corrupt elites. I don't really call them elites, but for the sake of simplicity, I'll refrain from calling them what I normally do, which is garbage people. <laughs> Um, their arrogance has deluded them into thinking their credentials or their position qualify them to dictate to me what is for my own good, as if they know and care for me better than I could know and care for myself. The Lord gave that man
0: courage. I don't know that he recognizes that, that it was the Lord. The Lord gave that man a voice. Doesn't he have a voice? Doesn't he read with dignity, clarity? Uh, He's reading. I imagine he wrote this. Doesn't he express himself beautifully? Um, Isn't it remarkable that a filthy, corrupt, insanely rich, white bureaucrat and his insanely rich, white, corrupt wife are the authors of his demise economically? and no one reports it as a race issue? A black man daring to say to a white man, you don't get to control my body, and no one sees it as a racial issue? How could it be? Because this was purchased. How many pieces of silver did they get? I think that God could take a man like that, Clifton Duncan. Well, I know that God could. I hope that Clifton Duncan will think again about no marketable skills, but it would start with the skill of taking the knee and thinking about how is it that you have that voice, that tenor to your voice, that ability to write and read in that way that I could listen to all day. Where'd that come from? Your genes, your study, you did it. You've seen that people can take from you your job, your career, your name. But Clifton, Mr. Duncan, they didn't take the essence of you because they can't. That can only be given. And sir, you refused to give it. You've been given the gift of reading and synthesizing. And communicating to others. Pastorship? Be a long way because I don't know that you know the Lord. But what about leadership? The marketable skill you have is to live with courage and honor and honesty. That's a starting point for a tremendous career. The Republican Party was wise. Oh, never mind. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and do take inventory of the gifts that the Lord gave you. We're all a part of the body of Christ, and none of our roles are more important than the other. All of the roles are important.